Have you seen the first Last Jedi trailer? No, of course not. The first Last Jedi trailer. I've been working on that all week. (laughs) Uh, You know I'm a media blackout for important movies. I would say that the the Last Jedi, the first of the Last Jedi. What? (laughs) It is is confusing. Is uh, is up there. Yeah. In terms of my important movies. Mm, right. Yes. It goes. Last Jedi. A Dog's Purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> Pitch Perfect 3. I want to be smug and tell you that Balls is number one in the free uh, app chart that on iTunes. That means nothing. Does it especially not? Especially yeah, for free. You know what was free? Uh, you know what was number Blitz? one on free? Yes! <laughs> we all know what a quality game that is. <sighs> you know what? I never quite... I don't think I played it. I think I got stuck into Candy Crush. Yeah. Uh, Candy but, Crush, same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two dots. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Two dots, although had the benefit of being superb quality and the the UI and all that stuff was very. nice. I can see why that would please you. Yeah, yeah, that's a very designery UI. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, didn't us two make two dots? No, they did not. Us two made Monument Valley. Monument Valley and the whale one. The happy whale trail. Right, the one that's like, oh, hello, <laughs> like says. <laughs> stuff as it's casting rainbows <laughs> while breaching mm, you shouldn't use breaching <laughs> as a word <laughs> my interest in balls has waned is it because it's a shitty game well that's because i got 700 and i'm like well okay <laughs> top of the world is lonely just by its nature it's not a long-term game i don't think i would be very surprised if balls is still top of the app store charts in you know a week or two. In fact, let's do a little live update and have a look right now. Here we go. So let's see. Top charts, free balls. Okay, it's still there. Mm. That's no Spotify music at number 12. Ah, lovely. So balls is better than Spotify. You heard, heard it here first. <laughs> I assume you haven't really played it anymore. No, I just... You're over it. I am... I'm you weren't t- even under it. Yeah. You're just done. Uh, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I have been playing another game, though. Okay, let's, let's get into the games. Let's do it. So I tried your game Merged. It's actually merged. Right, exactly. <laughs> merged! It has the exclamation point on the end. So yeah. It's very excitable. So it's like it's like Domino's, really, right? Is that what Domino's is? I mean, I think Domino is like Domino Rally, where you just like knock over, you have to stand up Domino's and then knock them over. But that's not the original game of Domino's. Right. It's, it's like numbers and shit. Kind of like Domino's. It's kind of like this game called Puyo Puyo in Japan. Chicken Chicken. <laughs> not Puyo Puyo. <laughs> Say it again. Puyo Puyo. Oh, okay. Uh, totally different. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, where you have to like sort of line up the same colors. Um, the only differentiating, differentiating thing here is that you... In a game like Puyo Puyo or even like um, a game like... Fuck. What am I thinking of? Puzzle Fighter. I don't know if, if you ever played Puzzle Fighter. No, sir. Where you, it's it's sort of like a Tetris game where like blocks are coming down. Okay. Right? Like mm-hmm. continuously. You have to line them up by color. And once you have a set size of a number of color, it either explodes or collapses. Right? 
Oh, I see. So it's the same principle mm. with this game with merged. And, <laughs> um, but the thing is, if you set the colors with three or more pieces of the same color, it in this game, it actually merges together into the next piece. Merge. Merged. <laughs> so if you set up, like, if you line up three number ones together, it will merge into a number two. Mm-hmm. So things don't go away. It actually merges into a number two. And I like this aspect. This was actually very interesting because you can do a bit of planning ahead. You can think ahead in terms of, like, how your pieces will merge. Merged. <laughs> yeah, it allows for that to happen. You can plan ahead, which... It's interesting because then you're like, okay, quality of a good game. Yeah, I need to make sure the last because it merges to the where the last piece is placed in the three or more Mm -hmm. chain. So you need to have the block next to the next highest number. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was like I sort of got it, but actually I failed to actually do it in real life. I sort of got. I was like, okay, I need to do this, but it's kind of tricky. I found to sort of maintain that. Right, and I do feel like there is a bit of saving your ass that the game does when it knows you're running out of space. That, right, like, it gives oh, it's you a bit the like right 2048 as well, right? Uh, yes, so it also has that aspect where you're like, but you're not really swiping. Um, no swiping. Yeah. So yeah, there's a bit of that where it saves your bacon and you're happy for that, but... Then you wonder, is this really random? And and if you're thinking, is this really random? Like, is this a true puzzle game? So, anyway. Sam does not like it when it is truly random. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's some nice UI bits as well. Like, what I liked was that when you move, because you basically see the puzzle piece at the bottom of the screen, and you need to move it onto the onto the board. But when you do that, it actually jumps a little bit ahead of your thumb, so you can see where you're putting it, rather yep. than your thumb obscuring the positioning it is smart which is why the multi-select boxes on mobile are terrible because mm. your thumb covers the actual value you're setting that's true but uh so yeah little things like that that was nice like i i enjoyed my time with it merged merged but it didn't stick for me either yeah i think that was, i think i kind of i'm sensing that it, you you were like, eh, okay. i maybe played like two full rounds of it where i did I, you get the m the big m that blows yes. up things that's mm-hmm. kind of fun yep I got that. Um, I got. I played two full rounds where you know I no longer had any moves, um, and then after that, I was just like, mm, "That was pleasant and nice, but probably not gonna spend my time worrying about that." Yeah, it's difficult to see where the progression is because, like, once you've done it, okay, you're like, "Okay, good." Like, what's next? Mm. I guess with their bigger, bigger playing boards. Well, here's the thing. I almost wish there was some sort of gameplay element where you can remove the piece once you've set it as a mistake. Or a nice undo function. some sort of prediction of pieces to come, uh, like Tetris or even like Puzzle Fighter or Puyo Puyo yeah. has uh, um, has like a line of things that are coming up and it gives you like two or three pieces ahead. In that way, it could still be truly random, but you can plan ahead better. So, yeah, mm. yeah nice enough game. Yeah, I think it's it's a solid game. Just for some reason, like it just didn't hold me. Yeah, that's true. But a game that did hold me, Trilogic, Trilogic, mm. tr- how do you think you say it? Trilogic? Tri- I like Trilogic. I feel like that's very American if it's an American game. But Trilogic sounds <laughs> that, that was what came after the Jurassic period. Yeah. <laughs> this was your recommendation, Sam. This is. Well done. I think you've got a winner here. Mm. Yeah. I, I did play through a lot of the levels. 
like I'm I think I'm at like level 60 or something like that which color blue still Water. blue oh I've completed blue I'm two <laughs> leaves nice so so yeah. here's my issue with this I think the yeah. gameplay is solid so what you have to do in this game is oh I can't wait for you to describe this uh there is <laughs> it's confusing but yeah. it's once you get it you're like okay that makes yep. sense but it's really hard to describe I think people on the subway looking at my shoulder have had confounded looks in their eyes. <laughs> and they've seen me like swiping around colors and stuff, yeah. So think about, think about it this way. There are, um, think about, and here's where I think the theme of a game really matters. And I think they could have added this and actually added to the theme of the game. Um, think of your map or this board that it starts off with as something that you have to paint. There are splotches of paint of different colors from the background that's available on each map. You have a limited amount of set colors of paints and limited and set starting points. So they're going to be like red splotches on a blue map. And the point of the map is for you to cover the red splotches with Mm -hmm. the blue color. But you have limited amounts of the blue color that you can use to cover up the red splots. Mm -hmm. And you have to plan it well so that you don't lift your finger as you start painting. Yeah, they need to be a contiguous right. line. So that's essentially the gist of it. Oh my god, it's painting my numbers. It is. It's like you have to paint the the other colors out of the map and that's how you finish a level. Yeah. But then as you progress, you get more colors and and more of those colors actually have a set number. And sometimes you have to paint over what you painted in order for you to paint it with the background color. Say paint one more time. <laughs> <laughs> in order to complete the level. So it's uh, it's very interesting. But the fact that it's more abstract actually, I think, can lose people. I think if you actually showed like it's actually the deck of a boat and you see little painters paint <laughs> along a path with like paint buckets that set the number of the paint that they have. That would have made it much more delightful. So the theme is like earth, water, fire, right? (laughs) So fire, wait, so water puts out fire, fire consumes earth, earth Mm. absorbs water. So that's like, that's how you know, like where you can move your blocks. So that would be an awesome theme to put into, to put into the game. Well, it is. No, I'm saying like as like mean. physical things, like have it actually flame and like have people. Oh, I see. Well, you have little like, icons. You have a little flame icon. And I'm saying that's a great start. This yeah. is like an MVP. I see what you're saying. You want more? You want more tiny people with paint rollers? Well, that's. I I don't think. I think it'll actually attract more people to play it if there were tiny people with like flames coming out, <laughs> and you control them. I don't know. I I mean, I like the minimal. And they, I mean, they, they're doing like the minimal aesthetic thing, right? I, I you know, think like the two dots because they don't have the skills. I, <laughs> no, this is this is the two dots instead of a Candy Crush. Mm. You know, it's like muted palette. No, but simple two dots blocks. still has a theme. It has like a, a nice theme in the background. There is a backstory. Did you know to yeah. two dots? Yeah, there's like a, there's a video on YouTube of the backstory of two dots. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I forgot what the story is. Which makes it so delightful. It's something crazy, like you're collecting their children? What? They what? Lose? Oh, I have to look it up. We'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't believe you. I, yeah. Well, I disagree, I disagree with you. I like 
I think if this had like tiny people and flames and stuff, I'd be like, mm, yeah, that's kind of dumb. Not kind of dumb, but like I like this because I feel like, oh. Well, there's a. I'm saying it doesn't of- have to be that theme, but mm. I think it could be a theme. Mm, it's a good mindless game. Yes, it's a very good podcast game. Mm-hmm. Downsides for me, the, the puzzles are either really. <laughs> God, I'm sorry on that. <laughs> The, each level is either really easy or really hard. Mm. There doesn't seem to be like a middle ground. Like, oh, it takes me a couple of tries. It either takes me one try or ten tries. There's nothing in the middle generally. That's kind of my feeling of each le- with the levels. I'm like, oh, boom, done it. Or oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> right. I think it's it's a combination of there is one. There's pretty much one set way that mm, my stomach. <laughs> There's pretty much one set way to solve each level. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, there are variances in like how you choose to you. paint it. Yeah. But there is one set combination of ways that you need to choose which color to start with. Uh-huh. And I feel like each map was made by a person yes. that knows. They all, yeah, they all very well designed. And often the, the key to it is symmetry. Like yeah. that is the thing is like make sure you're doing symmetrical things and that is often the key. But there's some really nicely designed levels once you get up to um, the higher leaf levels. I can't find them now, but like there's, yeah, like some of these, this is super nice. Edwin is now showing me a screen with a, well. <laughs> a lot of different colors on the screen. But you start seeing the pattern. Yeah. And you're like, oh, now I get it. And actually you start off like, what the hell is this? But you start seeing the pattern. Well, I'm not going to well, be talk about this later because <laughs> this is not great radio. But there's, yeah, there's a few where you're like, oh, I see. Like they make it little steps. You need to make the steps yep. with increasing numbers of yeah. blotches left. And you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty awesome. I like having those little aha moments where you're like, yeah. you're seeing into the mind of the creator, <laughs> yeah. right? And you get it. Yeah. yeah. Other little minor things. It does the same thing as that. What was that game with... Um, that had like a espionage spy backstory, but then the actual game itself was like using mirrors to direct lasers into... Oh. Yeah, what was that called? Uh, frequency, something like that? Yeah. I forget. Um. But it does the same thing as that, as when you, from the start menu, you go tap to play, right. and it just takes you to the first list of levels. So it goes, okay, right, I'm on, well, I've completed this, I now need to swipe through mm, 10 pages to get remember. back. To, yeah. Or even sets you up so you can choose the different levels. Yeah, and even like even that the home screen is divided into three like water, leaf, mm. fire. You know, well, why can't I just tap on that to take me to the most recent level? Because you could like okay, two. No. Oh, and it's wait. Oh, that's dumb. I know, right? You know, there's some little little things I think they can improve. Mm. But I love this game. Thank oh. you, Sam. Great. Well done. Awesome. Huzzah! And speaking of games that I love. Lara Croft has got new levels. Oh, really? Yeah. Did they come out with more levels? <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a free update available available on your iTelephones and Androids thingamajigs. Um, it is... Uh, I forget what it is. It is another world. I forget what it's called, though. Uh, Mirror of Spirits. Mm. Mm. So if you have previously purchased Lara Croft Go and deleted it, like I have done, go re-download it, and there will now be another world. I will be playing it. Maybe maybe this time I will be finishing it. Oh, dang. Thanks to a uh, friend of the show, Drew Peterson, for letting me know about that. Mm. Otherwise, I would not have realized. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it on a 
reasonably powerful phone that hopefully won't become hotter than the With sun a when I try screen. and play it. Now I've always had the plus. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know me, I'm a big boy. <laughs> we have Ticket to Earth. What is this? We could be going hard on games today. Okay. Uh, Ticket to Earth is... Not like Ticket to Ride? Um, very much not like Ticket to Ride. <laughs> okay. I suspect you will not like Ticket to Earth. Oh, because it's story-driven. I love it when you say that, because there's now a part of me that really wants to play it <laughs> and prove you wrong. Ticket to Earth is a... It's a very story-driven game. It's pretty... There are a lot of, like, uh, expositions and in-between stories, which I know you don't like, but you can skip them over pretty easily. Um, you know, like, little bits of dialogue that actually carries the story along. Ticket to Earth Robot Circus. Oh, the developer is called Robot Circus. Okay. Yes. I thought that was part of the name. Ticket to Earth. Go on, Robot Circus. So you're, you're a traveling circus. Then let's get back to Earth. This has like I'm just going to ignore what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find that's wise. <laughs> so Ticket to Earth is a game where every map looks like very similar to like a trilogic map. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm listening. But your character is actually on it. And you sort of trail the different colors that are on there, like like you would with trilogy trilogic. Looks Tri- a lot like Lara Croft Go in that similar isometric yeah. view, walkie walkie, blocky as blocky. An isometric view. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, as you trace the colors uh, that are the continuous colors of the blocks in the map with your character, it allows that character to do different power moves. Okay, um, so see. it's kind of like a cross between a puzzle game slash uh, strategic. Um, turn-based game, mm, I see. and I think they've actually done pretty well. The only it's the only downside- six ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that it is six ninety nine. That's like one cup of coffee for you. That's like <laughs> one unicorn frappuccino. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it. All right, I'm doing it. All right, it's done. Mostly because you said I wouldn't like it. <laughs> to me, I like it because I like things with a bit of a story to drive me forward like didn't you like um steam world heist yes i did didn't you like the little bits of the story in between that actually drove the it first forward? time around i did right then it got very tiresome the <laughs> third and fourth times around i played so i think i was this double story, tapping a lot they're banking a little bit more on the story because um the uh, they seem like it seems like they actually got some writers to actually write some of the stuff mm. um there are like more in-depth expositions there's some stuff that happens to the character so mm. I'm kind of banking on that for it to be a little bit of en- a little bit more entertaining. Yeah, I don't like reading. You know me. Mm. I don't like that reading. We'll you, ain't, you ain't good with that reading. All right, I bought it. I'll play it. Cool. So let me know what you think, and we'll get back to that next week. Stay tuned, folks. I uh, took your advice. Mm-hmm. Now, can I just preface this? Advice might be a strong term. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you are enjoying it. I am watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So through okay. your tepid feelings of the show. But my love of John Lithgow. But your love of John Lithgow. I bought the first episode of Trial and Error. This is new sh- new comedy from NBC. Comedy being <laughs> a very uh, loose term. Yes. It would be is classified as comedy. By NBC. <laughs> How do I say? start this? Okay, so should we... Is there like a... I think you mentioned the premise of the show previously, so... Yeah, it's uh, it's like an office-style docu-mockumentary, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, around a murder trial 
mm-hmm. of John Lithgow's character. Uh, John Lithgow plays the accused, a roller-sizing professor <laughs> at a local university uh, for the murder of his wife, who died by being thrown through a plate glass window. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, great fodder for comedy so far. Well, right. roller-sizing, yep. I guess. Uh, set in a small southern town. And the New York lawyer, uh, it's the out-of-place comedy trope of the uh, fancy New York lawyer comes mm-hmm. down to uh, be John Lithgow's litigator right. and defendant. And, so, and hilarity ensues. I have to tell you that I did not laugh <laughs> at all throughout the entire episode. It tries really hard. Like, not, <clears throat> not even a chuckle. The only time that I actually laughed was at the end of the first episode... By the end of the first episode, they need to hire a forensics expert to come into the house and essentially do a little bit of forensic collecting mm-hmm. in regards to like a blood sample that's on a wall, right? <laughs> Again, all great premises of a comedy, but the forensics expert has OCD, right? He's supposed to be the best in the business, but people don't like to hire him because he's OCD, but it's a very specific type of OCD, right. which is... Whenever he's under anxiety or stress, he masturbates. <laughs> right. I didn't laugh at that this part. This is the level of humor this show kind of has. <laughs> yeah. I laughed at the very end of the episode when they kind of come to a breakthrough and the forensic expert has solved it and he goes high five and no one gives him a high five. And the episode ends like that. And that was the yeah. only time that I actually chuckled. Yeah, I wish I could say it gets better. Um, <laughs> it's So there are lots of really awkward things about it. Um, really awkward things about yeah. it. And I think uh, for me, after listening to S-Town, it's now like the I'm like the, <laughs> the tired stereotype of the dumb southerner. southerner. Yeah, yeah, you're like, okay, that's not funny to begin with, really. Like, there's, not, there's no new comedy to explore there. And now after S-Town, you're like, well, eh. That's just even less funny somehow right. to me because I'm like, well, yeah, we get it. I, they're not, it's not, they're not good jokes. They're not, they're not interesting. Jokes. It's not. There's no new spin. It's right. just like the the other. Jeez, I even forget what his what his role is. But there's another guy. There's a guy there, Earl. I think I don't know. And yeah, he's, like he's the, the local detective, country bumpkin investigator, co-investigator. Slash, yeah. yeah, and he's like stupid and southern. And you're like, um, and like blows up the evidence and stuff right, like that. Um, yeah. And then like their assistant that continually has more and more problems as you go along. Right. Like she has a special type of amnesia where she doesn't remember faces. And then she has another disorder where she laughs at un at inappropriate times of Right. Hardship. When she gets sad, she laughs. Right. And which is again like well, well <laughs> and she passes like, out whenever she thinks whenever she sees beautiful things. <laughs> this all sounds funny, but when it's actually played out, it's not that great. Yeah, you're just like, what is going on? Like, why are why am I even watching this? And the fact that it's all wrapped up in this this format that I feel is so done now, like the the mockumentary style, yeah, which serves absolutely no purpose. Yeah. Um, just as really awkward. And the New York lawyer is just like, eh. Yeah. Like, I don't really, really bland. 
really bland. I don't feel anything for the guy. And oh, Sam is looks, fact, looks like he's in physical pain right now. The fact that there's like a love interest that's introduced in the first episode is just it's so NBC. Like I felt this is so NBC. This is NBC without a good production team, and it's like NBC house production. Uh, yeah, this is like let's just fill the airwaves. We this, need to write some comedy. Yeah, All right, these aren't from the out. producers of The Office and Parks and Recreation. This is yeah. There's nothing smart about yeah. this show. <laughs> except, anyway, except John Lithgow. <sighs> but even he can't really save it. Yeah, you know, I was really hoping that he might be able to to save it somehow. But um, no, this sort of absent-minded professor, not particularly funny either. Mm. Yeah. So, trial and error, no. Uh, more error than trial. <laughs> I tried it, yeah. and it's, it is an error. <laughs> that was a bit of joke. Well done. <laughs> I did watch Riverdale. Ah, yeah. So, last time, Riverdale came back from a mini hiatus. Mm-hmm. And after my epic seven-episode binge, binge, I kind of came back and was like, eh. Yeah tepid on it yeah and i wanted to make sure that it was i don't know i just wasn't out of my bubble what did you think yeah because it's been two more episodes now the right? episode back i really felt the same thing um i felt like why should i care about these people again like i i had this sensation of like i know i should but as i'm watching this i don't yeah i did in the past yeah but now like Somehow it was like the twisty turny story. It was and, like, oh. And it did make me think like, was it the three weeks that where it was, it didn't have another episode? Or was it just the fact that that was a weak episode? To me, I'm thinking there was no reason why they needed that three week hiatus. Writers need vacations too, Sam. But they're not writing it within those three weeks. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I can, I can imagine like TV production sh- schedules are crazy, but... Yeah. I almost think like they knew this episode was going to be weak. Mm. And so they did some strategic delaying. Interesting. They have released an episode, a subsequent episode. Yeah. Have you seen that? I watched halfway through it. <laughs> me too. And then I got bored. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I got bored. That happened to me too. Okay. All right. So maybe we will just never find out what happens at the end of the season. Well, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to watch. I'm going to power through it. I'm foregoing some of my other watching because of it. I'll tell you what has taken over a lot of my watching. 13 Reasons. I've gone pretty hard on uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson, mm. uh, which was the Fox remaking of the show, yep. of the, of the uh, trial, excuse me. Uh, and then uh, I watched O.J. Simpson Made in America, the seven-hour ESPN documentary about O.J. Simpson's life. What's with the... I don't know. I do not know. I think just after the end of The People vs. O.J. Simpson, I was like, huh. I kind of Now I kind of find what this? actually happened. Mm. So what did you think of both of those? This is a Netflix show, right? Uh, it was on Fox. Yeah. Okay. It's now available on Netflix if you're in the United States of America. Oh my God. There are so many push-in shots. <laughs> that it just started to drive me a little bit crazy. Like it starts wide and then it just like goes yeah. like the, the strange seventies push in. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God. This broke my brain a little bit. Like it felt like the, like the director had just come from film school and he just found out about push in shots. Mm. And I was like, this is a way to create tension. And they 
do it so much in when they're in the courtroom. I think I counted like seven, I got obsessed and started like counting how many consecutive pushing shots there were. I think the record was seven. Like in the whenever they're in the court, they just fucking love doing it. Hmm. They like <laughs> like there's one there's a shot with like they they love doing like single single like long single handheld shots. So they like a push in on the on the litigator on like Marsha Clark. Then the camera spins around to the person or witness on the stand. They push in on that mm. and then spins back to fucking Marsha Clark. Oh my god, it's just it destroyed me crazy. Uh, so yes, so the some of the directorial choices mm. trouble troubling. Yeah. Um, they loved doing, like, they lent really hard on some of, like, foreshadowing and stuff, like, mm. the Kardashians they brought in. Like, I, that was kind of where the Kardashians got their fame. Like, Robert Kardashian was one of the litigators who was on the legal team for, um, for O.J. Simpson. He was a family friend. And huh, so you see the kids. That. And, yeah, I didn't know that either. And, like, you see the kids, and they're just, like, so many, like, lingering shots of these kids like you know these people are going to be famous soon (laughs) um so that was a little bit like yeah okay we get it we get it very good (laughs) and i think that's generally the problem that i have with these network shows is they almost need to spell out everything whereas i feel the the kind of quality that we've been getting shows with amazon original series and like netflix series is that not everything needs to be as spelled out Right. And like directors have more of a control and it's less of the executive producers that actually have a say in terms of the what, what's actually shown. Like the OA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yes. Just had a bit of a personal accident uh, there <laughs> as you mentioned the OA. I then watched or I started watching. So, wait, so like it's a seven hours worth of documentary that ESPN put out uh, gotcha. called OJ Made in America. And that is a way, obviously, uh, seven hours. So they have a whole lot more time to go in depth um and that pretty much starts that tells his life story and then a lot of the uh like the situation and the backstory of america and what was happening socially politically Mm. and kind of provides a lot more context for for like how the world viewed oj simpson in leading up to that trial because no i mean i do you remember the trial but did that cross your radar i remember watching it when i was in like middle school or high school like I remember it being a big deal. Yeah, because I, I really and it being on don't. TV. I mean, I'm sort of familiar with them, but I think certainly my exposure to it in the UK was very limited. And so, yeah, just I just don't realize exactly how famous he was in the US and how crazy this trial was and mm-hmm. how much attention and just just how bonkers the whole thing was. And I think for us, it wasn't that significant either, except for the fact that... Um, oh, it was a guy that was in some movies? Right. It was a guy <laughs> right. in, in those Naked Gun movies that we <laughs> right. all loved and cherished and thought was just absolutely hilarious. So there was a little bit of that. And like we understood that he was famous and this was like being like widely covered. But I don't think any one of my friends like actually cared. We just knew that it was big and it was happening. Um, and I think like back then, like I was also like at the age of like where that kind of implications like don't really strike you as hard. Like if I was an adult then and it was going on, I think I might've been more interested, but I just didn't. If you are interested, I would probably say check out O.J. Simpson made in America. Hmm. Um, Rather than people versus. I think so. I do both. Hmm. If you have a weekend free, (laughs) do both. 
and also I haven't actually finished the documentary yet. I'm still only like three hours into it. So I have another little ways to go, but um, yeah, providing a lot more context around the massive institutional racism that was happening in the LAPD uh, from the sixties onwards. Well, in all of America, really, let's be honest, um, just providing context for that and how sort of OG Simpson transcended race in this way that no one else had done. Um, yeah. OG Simpson made in America. Check it out. Actually, I did want to ask you, are you still listening to Startup, the podcast from Gimlet Media? Not Startup? No. Um, I did listen to... Because they- oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, continue. Sure, bring your own topic into mine, <laughs> by all means. Oh, I thought you were asking me if I've heard any other interesting podcasts. Startup has a new season. Hmm. Guess what season that is. Season. Guess what season number that is. Three? It's Five. Five. <laughs> right? That was my reaction too. <laughs> How did it get to five? <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was interesting. That uh, a show that I listened to a lot, like that first season, fantastic. Mm. And then, yeah. Second season was, oh, I sort of remember the second season. That's when they sort of branched off and did other companies. And then I guess they've done two more seasons in that mean in the meantime, which completely passed me by. Is it still Alex Bloomberg in the helm? Probably unlikely, I think. He's probably got more important things to do than mm. host a show, but I don't know. It's kind of turned into more like um, How I Built This. Yeah, so which was a podcast that I was going to talk about. Oh, so very good. It Ooh. is related, yeah. Okay. You talked about this before, though, I think. I did. And you talk about it again? Yes, because I've heard another good episode, which was recommended both by, both by my wife uh-huh. and by a friend of the show, Drew Peterson. We should have an acronym for that, actually. F-O-T-P, friend, <laughs> friend of the pod. Friend, F-O- oh, wait, we're not part of Save America. F-O-T-P-D-P. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Close to me. Uh, F-O-T-P-D-P mm-hmm. recommended um, the... Man, we've got to start talking to more people. Heim, <laughs> <laughs> Heim Saban episode of How I Is Built Is that a person or a product? Is, it's both. Do you know when you when you see any sort of Mighty Morphing Power Rangers. Oh, I was not it always that. says Saban's Mighty Morphing Power Rangers. It is. I cannot say Saban. I paid that much attention, but okay. Do you know what the Mighty Morphing Power Rangers are? Sure. They, uh, they, their love of spandex and mm-hmm. colorful outfits is world, world known. Right. So it's and there's a new movie coming out, right? There's a movie? There is a movie out already. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. And it has his name on it as well. It's Saban's Power Rangers. He's the one that brought it to the States and made it really big. Um, but he has quite an interesting history. So listen to the show and find out. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do that right now. All right. Stop the show. <laughs> you're not mine? You, you're not mine, mate. Very good. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs>